0: Welcome to the Seven Resolutions Podcast, a podcast that debunks self help and turns to God for real transformation power. With Carl Claussen and Jeremy Slager, you're going to discover the seven key resolutions that make life transformation possible. And now here we are on episode four. And after three episodes to set the stage, we are finally getting to the big show. The first of the seven resolutions Join God. Now, my first pass on seeing a resolution called Join God, I I assumed that it was an altar call. I had assumed that it was a you are on the <laughs> yeah. wrong track, you are following yourself, you need to come and join God, get saved, because before any of the other resolutions make sense, you gotta have the spirit in your life. And obviously that is a component, I assume. But this part of the book actually zigged when I was expecting a zag. Joining God is making a decision to follow Jesus, but in like the most yes. literal sense. It's leaving behind yourself and all of its plans, which sometimes, yep. oftentimes, even as followers of Christ, we're still following our own plans and we are joining God in what he is doing. And so when when you talk about joining God, particularly as the first resolution of the seven resolutions, what does that mean to you, and how is it different than just joining the Rotary Club? Awesome.
1: Thanks again for this privilege. Just talking here about this in these moments just like lights me up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what it does. First off, is it it really reorients ourself around this reality mm-hmm. that when we come to a relationship with Jesus, we're never more joined with Him. I mean we are uh, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. This is Galatians 2:20. And the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God. I mean that's joined with God. I mm-hmm. died. My life is now hidden with Christ and God. Mm-hmm. I mean that's Colossians 3. Come on, are you kidding me? We this is this is real. So yeah. now Here's the problem again. We sometimes think, and this is the problem. I owe God. I Mm. owe it to Him. I got to get out there and make it happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to even make a misstatement theologically that you need to go out and dream great dreams and that that honors God. Mm. Would you believe that there's a chapter and a resolution that didn't make it in this book that was planning to be in there? And it didn't make it because it didn't cut cut the theological mustard, didn't Mm. pass the biblical test. For years, I'd talked about dreaming big, but I didn't know how much I was taking passages of scripture out of context. Mm. I don't think you can build a biblical case for dreaming big, but you can build a biblical case for joining God, and then you are going to go see things that you never could have with your biggest dreams. Mm. So that's that joining God is so much bigger than your dreams, okay? You got you to gotta believe that, measurably mm. more than we could ask or even imagine. Right. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. So what is it more than the joining the Rotary Club? That's awesome. What a great statement. One has your ticket punched, you paid admission, and the other one takes you on an adventure. And the mm. best illustration I have for this uh, works in two different ways. First time ever water skied? was uh at a, a camp in alaska yes we actually the ice goes off the lakes in alaska and uh it was middle of the summer there was a very nice boat actually a ski natique which is a perfect water skiing boat beautiful boat mm-hmm. and i've never skied before but i've seen everybody else do it i'm pretty athletically inclined i'm like let's go do this thing man mm-hmm. i'm a kid get the tips up in the air floating there sitting in that lake and I pulled, the rope comes tight, and they had already told me, when it, when you're ready, just yell, hit it. It's up to you. So I yell, hit it. And <laughs> that ski came up out of that water and was taken off, and I could feel it, man. I've got arms extended, and I am, we are going. <laughs> and I'm almost up and out of the water and up on top of the lake, and I decide to do something that is water skiing 101. Don't ever do it. Mm. I thought I need to somehow help this boat. So I pulled myself up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And actually what I did is I pulled myself all the way over and took a big old drink of lake. I had like four yeah. lake trout go through each nostril, it <laughs> felt like, because it was a <laughs> flush like you can't believe. Oh, yeah. And I'm sitting there now in the water thinking, what happened? You mm-hmm. know what happened? I actually tried to contribute to the boat's strength to pull me out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How? stupid is mm-hmm.
0: that
1: you know what we do in our relationship with God we hold on and then we think I need to help God here mm-hmm. you know what God asks us to do extend your arms like the guy came back around to me and he said you know what you're doing so well just let the boat do the work you're along for the ride mm. and then when you get up on the lake then you can make moves and all kinds of stuff but right now your job is to get up and get going mm. man what a metaphor for the spiritual life we're oh, called to join God.
0: Yeah, and you can even extend that a little bit more. When you are, it's like that tension in the rope. If you try and pull yourself ahead of that, you're going to cause it to slack. You're, you're going to cause it As you mentioned in an slack. earlier episode, you're going to get it over your skis. You're going to get
1: over your skis. Yeah. I had lake trout going through each nostril. <laughs> I mean, it, it felt yeah. horrible, man. Yeah. So, you know, I. the difference is, And this is the problem. A lot of people think Christianity is about joining a Rotary Club. It's about Mm. joining a religion. No, it's not. It's about following a Savior. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's the key. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We're disciples. We talked about that in a previous podcast um, episode. But this changes everything when we realize, man, we're helpless. We're in the the drink. We're bobbing Mm -hmm. along. And God says, come on, let me take you for a ride. Just keep your arms out. Don't try to pull yourself up. I'm going to take you there. Mm-hmm. Then we go, yes, now this makes sense.
0: Yeah, and you have to just cling. Your job is cling. Hang on. My job is to cling. Because right. a lot of people ask about,
1: you know, what is our responsibility in this thing? Yeah. And the the fact is, the most you can say is hold on to God. Mm. You find that in the... Uh, And I I talk, this is important to joining God. You you know that when Jesus was going to the cross, he took his disciples through a vineyard. He grabs a bunch of leaves off of a grapevine, picks them up, shows them a bunch of fruit dangling. And he says, this is what I want your lives to be. Mm. And he says, I want you to be this right here. I want you to be this. I want you to bear fruit, much fruit. It's too much. Father's glory that you bear much fruit. He gets props when you bear fruit. You get the joy Mm -hmm. of bearing fruit. He gets glory. Great. And he said, so listen, what I want you to do is focus on something. Focus on abiding. Mm -hmm. And this is the way I like to say it. Joining God is all about proximity to Jesus, not performance for Jesus. Yeah. See, we have thought we got to produce fruit. No, yeah. we don't. We got to hang out with Jesus. We have proximity to the vine. That's what branches do. Mm-hmm. And branches that focus on fruit production inadvertently separate themselves from the vine.
0: Yeah, it's it's called the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. Not the fruit of Christians.
1: Not the fruit of Jeremy or Carl. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's the, it's the Spirit's job to bear that fruit and we yeah. stay connected.
1: We just stay connected.
0: Oh, I love that. question I have, so when you when you join a rotary club, they're not gonna ask you for a whole lot. You got a
1: big thing. You're trying to sell me on rotary clubs right now? What's going on? I've never been a part of a rotary club. Moose club or whatever it is.
0: (laughs) But when you when you join something like that, they're they're not asking a whole lot out of you. It's not changing your identity. But when you are joining God, you are becoming one. In a in a miraculous way. In what sense does God change your identity, versus fulfilling it? Do you understand what I'm what I'm asking?
1: Yeah, I think I do. You know the interesting thing uh, about what does God change in us when He changes us? Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to believe very strongly that the change is much more profound than people think. Mm. Uh, when when we are told, "I have been crucified with Christ," by Paul, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a pretty big change? Yeah, that's a big change. This isn't getting your ticket punched. This is about your spiritual DNA being mm-hmm. transformed. Paul says, "You were slaves to sin; now you're bond to righteousness." What? Mm -hmm. now can we still sin absolutely i'm not a holiness guy that believes you can get to sinless perfection on earth but i do believe you can have more and more extended periods of walking in victory Mm -hmm. as we join
0: him i think sometimes people have a fear of joining god because they are afraid like being crucified to christ what about me is going to remain and when you hear it from like friends of people who become christians of like oh, I feel like I lost you, like you became somebody that's totally different. And what's so interesting that I've seen in my own life is that when I am joining God, when I'm living with him, it's not that I'm losing my identity. It's not that I'm losing who I am. It's like God's the one that created me. He's the one that knows me better than I know myself. Yes, And I get to become the fullest picture of who God actually made me to be. When I joined God.
1: Totally. I mean, listen, we are knit together in our mother's womb, Psalm 139. Mm -hmm. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We don't have to denigrate the personality God gave us Mm -hmm. or our likes or all the stuff that he wired us to enjoy. Mm -hmm. God wants to take what he created that was beautiful. We're, We're image bearers of God. We're made in the image of God. So let's not get wiggy on that one. But the newness is is that God takes what was dying and blew life into a dead thing, and now mm. he took what was imperfect and he's making it more whole. Mm. Hallelujah Amen. so we don't actually lose ourselves, we actually find ourselves when we're really in Christ mm.
0: I wanted to dive deeper into a verse we had mentioned in an earlier episode. you had mentioned Galatians chapter three, and I feel like this Such an important verse um, for us as we're talking about joining God in the work of transformation. I would love for you to read that for us.
1: This is Galatians 3, uh, 1 through 3. Check this out. Oh, foolish Galatians. Wow, what an opener for a chapter title, huh? Who has bewitched you? What? Hold it. Paul's writing (laughs) to the church saying, hey, who's demonized you guys? Yeah. I mean, what spiritual? value mm-hmm. has stolen away what is really spiritual. That's what he's saying.
0: Yeah, we expect something serious to come after this kind of an opening from Paul.
1: And it is serious. We just uh, we dumb it down. Yeah. Here it is. It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive this Holy Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? And the obvious answer is hearing with faith.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Are you so foolish having begun by the Holy Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Here's what Paul's saying. When we are living in our own strength and not continuing to enjoy God by joining him, Mm -hmm. it's like Satan has sold us a bill of goods and we've been bewitched, and we are now fools to be pitied. Mm. Whoa, that strong language. Mm. So in other words, working in your own strength, in Paul's economy, and in Christ's economy is one of the most empty possible lives to live. Mm. Joining God isn't about you being a sniveling kind of uh, empty nothing or that you mm. lose yourself. It's about taking all that you are as an image bearer and God blowing life into this dead thing or this dying thing and now God says the only thing you got to do until you go home to be with me is keep living in the spirit Mm -hmm. not in the power of the flesh
0: Mm -hmm. and I'm so glad that Paul wrote this to the church in Galatians because honestly there's a lot of times where I feel like the Galatians because when I look at my own life, the the capacity that I have for self-deception is oh. far too great. <laughs> I wish I had a clear mind all the time, but maybe you have this happen sometimes, too, where it's like, I convince myself I'm joining God, but later when I look back on it, I realize I was deceiving myself. That it was really the flesh masquerading as the spirit again.
1: (laughs) Oh, it happens time and again. The best way to describe this is when you are, I'm a pastor, so Mm -hmm. let me put it in terms like this. There's a lot of plans that we make. Plans are not bad, but plans of man are bad. Mm -hmm. Prayer birth plans are awesome. The problem is generally in the church, we come up with plans and then we bathe them in prayer and we hope that God invites his blessing upon our plans. Mm -hmm. Really, the way it works when we're joining God is we go into a prayer meeting before we go to a whiteboard Mm -hmm. and we join God in prayer and then we go to the whiteboard and ask, what did he show us in prayer?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's the way to come up
1: with a church vision.
0: Yeah, and as you're saying that, I think of prayer being such a key indicator of are we joining God or are we asking God to join us? Totally. Because if you kind of think through your prayer life, one, whether there is or isn't one, and then two, what are you asking for? Or are you going to God to be in his presence and learn from him? That's such a—it's not a guilt inducing thing. It's no. it we you're leveraging your heart to understand with truth and clarity where you are because their heart is to want to know God more and if you see something off in your heart, you don't need to feel guilt and shame over it. You need to turn it over to the Lord.
1: Absolutely, Jeremy.
0: And one of my favorite stories in the Bible is actually of Moses where I mean, it is just wild when you look in the Old Testament and you see the type of relationship that Moses had with God. He stood in the presence of God to where his face shone. Yeah. So bright they asked him to put a veil over it. Yeah. And there's also a really funny little verse in the Bible that I think is connected to it where I think it's in the book of Numbers. It's written that Moses was the humblest man on the face of the earth. Yes. Do you remember who wrote the book of Numbers? Yeah. Moses. Moses. He was a man that, I mean, you can picture him, like, God having him write this, and he's like, what? (laughs) But he obeyed. Yeah. And he wrote it. And he is the humility and that seeking of the presence of God and being able to speak with God. They're all connected. They are. Which brings our podcast episodes one through four all into one woven knot of humility and prayer being such a key key feature of these seven resolutions yeah
1: and that's why even in the in the first few chapters of this book and then i repeat it i i was originally gonna have a little not a little a big section committed to humility and then i thought no it keeps coming up when i'm writing over and Mm -hmm. over again i can't keep it out of here it's everywhere Mm -hmm. i don't i haven't done a keyword search on humility to see how many times it's in the book but i'd bet the word humility is in the book I hope 70, 80 times.
0: Mm -hmm. So now I want to talk about our transformation moment. Okay. When it comes to joining God, we talked about how prayer is such an important part. How has your prayer life changed as you commit to joining God?
1: Oh, that's easy. Um, I now listen. I don't just yak. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. You know, I used to think praying was, uh, and I got a story about this in in, in uh, chapter Joining God. Is it in Joining God? Yeah, it's in Joining God, uh-huh. uh, where I talk about uh, commercial fish for eight seasons in Alaska in the salmon fields of the west, west coast of Alaska. And, you know, if you're lost out at sea and you're in the fog like we were one day and I ca- our captain got on... Uh, uh, vhf radio which is very high frequency and it's a commonly used radio system to communicate between boats that it probably has a 20 30 mile range but it's real clear mm-hmm. so we got on the VHF. he got on the vhf radio captain did and radioed to our our fish buyer it's a big ship that sits out in the ocean we're like we can't find you where are you at we got loran sea coordinates here but help guide us and he would ask a question and then he'd let go of the mic and listen. Mm-hmm. And then he'd ask for another direction to get around a sandbar, and then he'd let go of the mic and get directions. You know, a lot of us aren't connecting with God. We never even really meet with him personally. We slid alongside that ship and delivered our fish that night, but some people metaphorically never slide alongside God mm-hmm. because they ain't—they aren't listening to
0: him. Mm-hmm. And
1: I was one of those guys. The biggest change for me is I now listen to God, and he mm-hmm. actually speaks. Mm-hmm. How awesome is that? Lift your hand off the microphone, people, mm-hmm. and l- listen to what God's saying when you talk with them.
0: What sort of God's power habit can cultivate a life of l- listening to God in prayer? Journaling. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this really isn't a banner ad, but I-, I just need to tell you right now: I put a, we put a, a supplemental thing. With this book because I want it to be a lifestyle, not a oh that's nice. read that because mm-hmm. I think it'll order your private world in a way that you can then really grow with all kinds of feeders into it. but I'm so committed to this that I I made a a we call it a T7R the Seven Resolutions planner, and in it I've got one whole page dedicated to prayer request and an answer given. I think you ought to journal everything you're talking with God about and listen and mark it down. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, we do not journal what God is saying to us in prayer enough. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We we might write prayer lists, but do we write down prayer answers? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, write and Mm -hmm. believe God for them. We've recently come through a big deal where my wife went through a very difficult medical challenge.
0: Mm
1: And we prayed. And I believe God suspended natural law to heal my wife mm. um you know the the jury's still out fully but i mean my wife was up against the cancer scare and they removed a chunk of cancer but what was left behind was no trace of cancer left and what's weird about that mm. is that it confounds the doctor of 30 years one of the best in the world who said this is rare with this size of a of a mm. tumor initially so, do I believe God answers prayer? You caught me on a good day, Jeremy. <laughs> yes, I do,
0: yeah, well, we hope that this has been an encouragement to all of you who are listening to to join God um in humility and in prayer and to seek what what His pathway is to let go of ourselves and find ourselves then truly in Him. We hope we're you're gonna join us next time for episode five, where we're gonna be on to the second resolution on how to think truth. We'll see you then.